Good morning and welcome to Deb's podcast. I have another treasure to share with you today. This is a wonderful book that is titled The Catechism of the Gospel Life. It was written by John A. Hardin, a priest, a Jesuit priest. If you're interested in this wonderful little booklet of 61 pages or so, you can contact Eternal Life at 800-842-2871. They're located in Bardstown, Kentucky. What I love about this book, it really sets the table about human dignity. And sure, we who are raised Catholic understand the importance of human dignity and in being promoters of life. But there are so many intricate details that go into that, I think it's important to go over. So I went ahead and I wrote down what I thought was most important to share as a reminder for us as Catholics, even if we have to inspire another person that's not Catholic to understand the importance of human dignity. So I'll go on to share with you my notes, and I think that they are spot on. And at the end of my notes, which I love the most, Father John incorporates the Blessed Mother in her assumption. And it was actually the day that John Paul II wrote this encyclical. A life of prayerful gratitude. That is something we as Christians live by on a daily basis. However, we have brothers and sisters in this world that do not yet have that awareness of how important it is to pray. And so for those brothers and sisters, I am honoring you and sharing with you this beautiful part of our Catholic history. All praise to the author of life. Yes, we should not even get out of bed without being on our knees and thanking the Lord for what he gave us up until this moment. We are to show special favor to those who are the poorest, most alone, most in need. That is our faith as Catholics. We are supposed to be there for the most destitute, the most lonely, and the ones that have the most need. That is our mission as Catholic brothers and sisters. Now, we focus mainly on the people in our family life first and foremost before we go out and do missionary work in the world or even in our community or in our church. But the needs of our family has to come first. Our practice of charity must be consistent. I believe that with my whole heart. You know, when we are given a responsibility to care for a family, whether it's a son or a daughter or just a spouse. We have to practice that charity and be consistent in love. No matter what, even if things are wrong in a relationship, we have to be the light in that darkness. All human life is sacred. Therefore, we must honor without bias or discrimination. We ought to help mothers even without the help of a father, to ensure them and their child is brought into the world properly and cared for. There are so many women in our church that help 
with the promotion of life. And they give out money, they give out baby items to help that mother who's struggling in raising her child alone. And there are so many women that are doing this today more than ever. Similar programs should be developed for the marginalized, the suffering, especially when near death. I believe in my heart as Christians that if we have access to funding, we should develop these centers, these Catholic centers to help the marginalized, to help the suffering, especially those near death. Um, just yesterday, I visited a very dear friend of mine, Lukina, who's now near 90 and living in an assisted living. And she wanted to live in a uh, facility that offered her daily exercises in the swimming pool because she is very sharp in her mind, but she noticed her body was slowly starting to deteriorate. And she wanted to <clears throat> be in a facility that was going to help her body keep her strong. Unfortunately, uh, the facility that she chosen dropped the program and she's now not experiencing what she originally intended and needed for her body. So, you know, I hear stories like that and I think to myself, wow, we need to step up as Catholics. We need to be there for our brothers and sisters. If anybody has any access to that type of development, um, please, please open up these facilities for our brothers and sisters. They so need that help. A vocation of service in the gospel of life, caring for the mentally ill, the disabled, forming communities for treating drug addiction, family counseling, organizing centers for assistance in homes where new life receives a welcome. There's so much work to be done. When I read this in John Hardin's writings, I say to myself, where are we where are our Catholic men and women who are established, who have already lived their lives and, and raised their families? Why are we not working together to open up these centers? There's just so much work to be done. Medical and healthcare professions are most seriously tempted and exposed to today, manipulating of life and becoming agents of death. Unfortunately, we have what they call euthanasia and what they call abortion. And I think that has run so rampant, so wrong for so long that we have to stop this intrinsic evil. We have to pray it away, my brothers and sisters, but we also need to be out there doing something more than just reading about this as I am right now. I pray that I am compelled to do more before my life ends and I pray that all my faith-filled brothers and sisters who have the capacity, the willpower, and the financial means to do more, this podcast is meant to inspire you. Medical doctors are bound to the Hippocratic Oath to absolutely respect human life and its sacredness. I don't know as a Catholic what has happened to our industry why we're not respecting that oath to the degree of protecting what is most sacred, which is life. But my prayer every single day continues to be to defend life, to, de to 
to not allow another abortion to happen in this nation, to stop it. And you will understand why as I continue reading more what John Paul II had to say and what John Hardin is trying to express in this book. <clears throat> he goes on to talk about the responsibility of civil leaders. They have a duty to make courageous choices to support life. Listen to this. They are sworn in to respect and to support life, especially through legislative measures. Where are we in this? Civil laws are not only a means of protecting human life, they play an important role, a decisive role in shaping the pattern of thought and human behavior. They have the power to shape the pattern of thought and human behavior. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of responsibility. And that is an accountability to Jesus Christ and Mary directly. The attack on human life can be eliminated by removing underlying causes, especially ensuring proper support for families and motherhood. I think we are supplying that support for families and motherhood, but we can always do more. There must be sound family policy as the basis of all social policies in the nation. Now, I haven't dug deeper into the social policies in our nation, but that's something myself as a Catholic needs to do. And I encourage you to also look into that as a Catholic and see what you can come up with and see if there's something there that you can share as a Catholic in society. And if you can go even further than that and do something on that level, even better. Mary, by her loving care for the life of the incarnate word and by the witness she gave of how life should be welcomed and cared for, Mary elevated women to the highest degree. How beautiful is that? She, from the very beginning, was defending our womanhood. It was a woman who was conceived and gave birth to our Creator and thus cooperated with him in the redemption of the world, Mary teaches us the hostility of the powers of evil against her divine son. How blessed we are as women to have someone fighting for us at the forefront in the army of evil. We have Mary, my sisters in Christ. Let us never forget that every single moment of every single day she is there to protect us. She is there to intercede for us, to bring every single prayer to her son. Let us never forget this, and let us never ever stop praying to her in honor of motherhood, in honor of the sacredness of life. Let us really tap into our relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary. No sooner was she born than she... No sooner was her son born, she had to flee with Joseph and save Jesus from those who wanted to kill him. Isn't it amazing? Even back then, people wanted to kill our Lord. Even today, fast forward 2,000 years, we still have this intrinsic evil and problem on our hands. I beg of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, to pray the rosary every day.
for that to end in its entirety. We have to be prayer warriors for the next generation of faith-filled men and women. We have to bring back truth and the power of Mary and our Lord into the hearts of every single man and woman born of Christ. St. John talks in the book of Revelation. He predicts the center of this struggle will be nothing less than life. I love the way Father John Hardin put it. He goes on to say, the rejection of human life in whatever form is a rejection of Christ. Do you hear that? A rejection of life in any form is a rejection of Christ. Let that sink in. Let that accountability sink in. As our Savior tells us, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And again, whatever you did for just one of the least of my brethren, you did it to me. That's powerful. Through the culture of death is the culture of decide. Those who destroy innocent life are crucifying Jesus Christ, who identifies himself with the victim of today's cosmic homicide. That, my brothers and sisters, is very serious. Our Lady's whole life was pervaded by the assurance that God was near her, accompanied her with his providential care. She therefore teaches us that the church must not be afraid as she struggles against the culture of death. Mary shows us and shares with us her son who already conquered the forces of death. Praise be to God. In closing, the invocation of the encyclical of the Gospel of Life by Father J. A. Hardin, who is a Jesuit priest. This is what he had to say, and it's very beautiful. Look down, O mother, upon the vast number of babies not allowed to be born, of the poor to those lives who made difficult who were made difficult of man, woman, who are victims of brutal violence, especially my sisters of Christ in, in Africa. I am praying for you every single day for that to end, for that human trafficking to come to a complete halt in the name of Mary and Jesus. My love, my outpouring of prayers are always, always with my sisters in Africa. I also want to add the elderly and the sick killed by indifference or out of misguided mercy. My brothers and sisters, we know that is forced upon euthanasia. Grant that all who believe in your son proclaim the gospel of life with honesty and the love of people of our time. St. John Paul II issued the encyclical, The Gospel of Life, which I'm talking about through the writings of, Saint, of uh, John Hardin, a Jesuit priest. 
This encyclical was issued on the feast day of the Annunciation of our Lord in order to show how sacred human life must be. God assumed a human nature, was conceived in Mary's womb, and will remain the God-man for all eternity. Amen. My brothers and sisters, I give you great news. I give you the truth. I give you the Catholic faith. Please meditate upon this podcast and see the mission. See through the words that are written here that there is a very important mission for us as Catholics to enter into and to develop and to execute on the behalf of a faith-filled generation. We need to wipe the sin of abortion clean. Wipe the sin of euthanasia clean. Clean this slate, clean this earth, clean it of any filth, any stain of death and blood, and make it white as snow. Amen.